Cutting for Sign with Ron Cecil and Daniel Pinterklein. The bad white men call him the devil. The Yavapai call him eyes like the sky. Welcome to Cutting for Sign, episode 25! Congratulations, Daniel. We made it a quarter of the way, our year-long goal of 100 episodes. Yeah, and it's a quarter of the way through the year. Whoa, how about that? So we're doing all right, and we took a break. Uh, okay, well, I've got a, I'm in, uh, we're in both, we both are in paradise separately, like separate paradises. True. I'm in uh, a little village called Santa Teresa, Costa Rica. It's gorgeous. There's like many gorgeous people walking around on the beach, surfing, yoga, all that bullshit. It's wonderful. <clears throat> and we are in this beautiful spot that like has the, a wonderful view, like an insane view of the sunset of every evening. So we just did that. Where are you? Uh, Halualoa, Big Island. Um, it's up Malka's side about three or four miles. Uh, it's in the Goldilocks zone of uh, elevation. Mm. to where you get really good um, growing weather and a good amount of precipitation and a very unique, very lush part of the island. Mm. Before we get nerd out on uh, geography, I'm going to crack open this kombucha culture with CBD. It says Island Roots. It has a weed oh, symbol yeah. on it, so who knows what's going to happen when I drink this. So All right. I'm going to do Ola Hard Seltzer Hawaiian Orange Vanilla. Yeah. All right done yeah congrats Congrats. (laughs) i'm technically double fisting because i had one open but i wanted to open one with you (laughs) yeah that's good man this is a pretty damn good kombucha this is nice it has the added benefit of having all the ingredients in spanish so it's perfect Uh, so how close are you to the lava flow of the big island? That's right. Uh, I am, that's in Puna, like South side. Um, and I am like, I don't know if the big island was a big diamond, Mm -hmm. you know, I would be on the left corner and the lava flows would generally be on the South corner or the lower corner. Is that because lava flows downhill? (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think about that but of course it is obviously (laughs) you know why it is though i learned today no why is that like pretty fucking cool um so this actually was kind of a hawaiian game changer uh, in my head like it changed what hawaii is so you might already know this but hawaii is hawaii because there's a hot spot there's a hole in the crust in earth's crust Hmm right where the big island is, right where Mm. the south part of the big island is. There's a hole in the Earth's crust. That hole does not generally move. And what happens is the Earth's crust is moving over it. And so as it's spewing out new land, that new land then moves north, and it moves northwest. And so all of the islands are in that arc northwest because that's what the crust is doing as this thing spews out islands and then moves them. Holy shit. And in general, I, I could be wrong about some of this, but this is my understanding. In general, the islands get smaller as they go more north, you'll notice, because they have more time to wear back down. So the big island 
I knew this already. The Big Island is the youngest island huh. because it's right over the hot spot still. It's still yeah. growing, which is why the south part is, wow. is, is like adding land still. And as they go northwest, um, the islands get both older because like Kauai was one of the first, was the first one, or Niihau uh, and Kauai were the first ones to be created. But they also have the biggest, longest, um, the longest white sand beaches because they're the oldest and have been, their edges have been worn down. Whereas the big island is fucking, I don't know, 500 miles of shoreline and two or three of miles of it is white sand beach. That's, that's so am- new. That's amazing. Have you seen, cool? do you remember the, it's super cool. Uh, do you remember the Chris Isaac song, Wicked Games? I'd have to hear it. Oh, well, it has maybe the sexiest music video ever in history of music videos of him just frolicking on a black sand beach with Helena Christensen back in the, in the eight, like eighties, late eighties, like 1988. Okay. In my, in my prepubescent brain <laughs> back then, I was like, Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's a woman. And that like was burned in my brain and in the black sand beach. It turns out it was filmed on a beach in Hawaii. I think maybe on the big island that doesn't yeah. exist anymore because lava is just like, I'm going to take you oh, out of here. There are black sand beaches on this island. And then there's, and there's one green sand beach. It's on the total south, no south point, And it's, uh, it's made of a bunch of what looks like um, maybe jade or, and, you know, I, hmm. I would say I'd be hyperbole to say like emeralds, you know, but yeah, it's like jade, you know, really beautiful. Is that, is it like a glass beach that's in Kauai? Have you heard of that place? Gla- a glass beach? Yeah. There's, I guess, I guess there was like a, a glass dump in Kauai, or maybe it was like, remember how they used to make uh, fishing net floats out of glass? So there was a place where all of it broke and it's like this beach is just covered in tiny sand sized pieces of glass. And it's all these different kinds of colors and stuff. It's kind of red. Well, Hey man, I highly recommend uh, where you're at in Costa Rica. If you haven't already googling what created that land because it's so interesting what creates these you know there's there's action going on the creation process right is still going on it's just so slow we can't see it you know and yeah here on the big island you can kind of see it because new acreage is being created every year um you know this uh current flow has been going consistently since 1983 um But what's cool, too, is you might think, oh, a bunch of mountains, lava, like a lot of lava in Hawaii, right? But if you think about it, that one hot spot is the only active spot. So all of the other islands are extinct volcanoes. That's crazy. They're not over the hot spot anymore. So we stayed, when we first got here, we stayed the first couple nights in the the shadow of a volcano called Aranal. Oh, wow. And it had some giant long-standing flow for, I I care, decades long, decades. And, and finally stopped in 2010. And oh, yes. yeah. And uh, so you can, from, from our hotel room, you could see like the, the lines going down the volcano, which was 4,000 feet tall. And, and we, our hotel, like there's this whole economy built in these hot springs uh, nearby. And so we stay at this hotel that has these private hot springs, which was amazing, like ridiculous. So interesting, nice. man. So, uh, I wonder if it's because it's on a, if it's on in between the two uh, continental plates, you know what I mean? And I know those can be active volcanoes, but anyways. I mean, isn't, isn't like, 
the Pacific Northwest uh, and then going up through Alaska and then down like Japan and then like yeah. Hawaii, isn't there like the ring of fire, like this whole, yeah. Yeah. So like that part of South Central America. I'm wondering, I, it could be. Yeah. I'm wondering. We should be Googling while we do this, but Hey, I got a right question. All right. Okay. Yes. What are we doing with this podcast right now? What's going on? Are we, we're going to look at, we're going to look back a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's do a retroflexion. Love it, man. <laughs> I mean, the cool thing is we started this, you know, right at the beginning of the year and, and this has been one of the best gifts of my life getting to have mm-hmm. these conversations. We've talked to two dozen different guests. We've heard all kinds of different stories. And I think more than that, I think you and I have both used this as an opportunity for us both really to grow in a way we just didn't anticipate, weren't anticipating. And, and I think to, for the better, right? Like, like it has pushed us, grown us. We've heard new stories. We've been exposed to new things that have helped us understand who we are. We've been cutting. I mean, you you were saying it earlier to somebody today that like, you've been using these things as a way to, to cut for signing your own life. hundred percent. And I mean, I would say the highlight of highlights of that would be Tracy Hunter, Dr. Mm. Tracy Hunter. Mm. And that email she sent you and me, I, I like continue to use that every day. And, and I, I noticed that I think, and this is a problem, I think that we're all experiencing in this world, especially in the world of like self-development Yeah, um, is that there's so much information out there flying at us. So much of it is new information and not vetted yet, or there's not a lot of empirical experience behind it. So we're, we're hit with tons of info, right? And some of that info is probably bullshit. Um, And it's some of it, or a lot of it is just the same information wrapped a different way. Right. And so there's just a shitload flying at us. And I feel like I'm at a place where I'm able to finally recognize when I'm getting a message that is just a a version of a message I've received before. And when I'm getting Mm. a new message and when I'm getting a message where it's like, yes, that's the version I want. It's, it helps me discern and parse out some of this stuff, you know, and, also helps me be less judgmental because I know, oh, that's just a different way to say that thing. It's not mm-hmm. my language. It's not for me, but I totally get what you're doing. Yeah. And when she sent that uh, message, that was the first time that I'd heard that message said that way. Or I think I'm trying to say it was like the first time I heard that message. Yeah. And whenever that happens, it's powerful and expanding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're re- referencing episode 17, Dr. Tracy Hunter clinical psychologist, relationship coach, and uh, schema therapy practitioner. And uh, if you want to hear the email that she sent to us, I'd go back and listen to that one. Yeah. And the gist of it being that, you know, Ron, when you started the concept for this, uh, you know, uh, you were talking about the hero's journey being a major part of it. Yeah. And that's been the lens that I've lived my life through for the last, 15 years and um and it's kind of exhausting if that's your only lens Hmm. or if that's your main lens and this i'm getting clearer and clearer on uh because the hero's journey is like a very like attack you know go go forward conquer you know i think a word these days that's kind of popular is colonial that i i start Hmm. to sure yeah that makes sense yeah to kind of apply that to the hero's journey because you're imposing yourself and your will on something, generally something shitty that you're overcoming, you know, right? But still the like 
pack is the same. And I just found myself, like without going on too long, I found myself getting exhausted in life and I couldn't tell why. Mm. And then she sent this email that's literally like, here's the hero's journey. And then here, which is, which is generally what she would call it in the language she uses, a masculine way to right. approach life. Yeah. And then she's like, well, here's a feminine way to approach, you know, life that is analogous to or complementary, a uh, complementative of the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And it was like having to do with surrender and cocooning and accepting and enduring. And I was like, fuck, I needed to hear that. And mm-hmm. it just, it, and I could tease that out more, but the point yeah. is, is that it allowed me to then disengage from always trying to conquer my day and conquer my moment and conquer mm-hmm. my life and engage with, uh, not necessarily resting, but definitely just surrendering to and accepting. Would you say it's it's also um, a way that you have like stopped searching or stopped fighting and like settled into who you are, totally. and just like and like you're just kind of like pressing into who you are. Yeah. Totally. yeah. I, I, another way I've heard that described is by um, the author and writer. I guess that's the same, uh, Stephen Pressfield. Um, and he, he has a, 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 he has a word for it that he call or a phrase for it called the artist's journey. And it's like, you've, you've done the conquering. It's basically maybe the last, maybe like the, the past the last stage of the hero's journey, which is, you know, who you are, you don't need to fight anymore. You've gone through the darkness and you're just, and there, there is both a kind of rest and a kind of like settling into your identity. And, and then you, and for me, we'll, we'll, cause I can, I can only use myself as an example. That's been for me settling into writing this last year, you know, all of 2020, 21, where I'm, I'm just plodding along. Like I don't, I like, I don't feel an urgency if I, if I miss, like, I don't feel like I'm going to miss anything. It's just like this gift, steady gift to myself. And actually it's a really restful gift to myself. I don't think that everyone's project, like it, artist journey is like that, because I think sometimes there is a lot of battling and gutting it out and feeling like you're just, you know, torturing yourself, but that's not what it's been like for me at all. It's been really well, pleasant. Exactly. And I think another way to look at it and Tracy's email and the email was a post that was not her words. Yeah. Um, and I think that post was referencing a book, but I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I, part of that was the hero's journey ends in inaction mm. and this uh, feminine journey ends in action. And so it's, mm. it really is a sort of like another way to look at it instead of masculine mm. feminine would be, the yin and the yang and yeah the yang is the hero's journey and and again like like always have to do the caveat or the like um you know the asterisk like this is just one way to look at life it's one way one filter one lens this is I'm not saying this yeah is the truth. this is how you and i have seen some experience some things and yeah, found a gem that has been good for us yeah yeah exactly well, um, she, uh, it says that uh, it, the yin and the yang, this would be the yang. Well, if the yin, i.e. the hero's journey, i.e. the masculine, becomes your entire world and you don't see the other part, yeah. you're dealing with only half. You're working with only a half of life, you know, of, yeah. of yeah. the way. 
And it really that that awareness that that I was I'd done a lot of work in my life to be able to accept that when I read it, you know, um, yeah. it, it meant a lot. And now I can be like, oh, I've done a lot of work. I've done the hero's journey, and now the hero's journey can generally sometimes end in rest, like the thing is done. Yeah. Now we're doing, but it's not quite rest. It's more than that. It's like incubated, you know. Totally. But that sounds a little bit like what you're talking about with writing. Like you did the hero's journey to get there, to get that involved in your life and integrated. To have the confidence. Yeah. To have the confidence that I could write, to have the confidence that I should only for myself, you know, that, that, that needed to be a necessary thing for me. And that took me a long time. That was like a 20 year battle, man. I mean, that was a long, long time. And yet there's kind of like, that if we if we looked at it through this lens uh, that we're talking about now, you're ending in a like it's action, but it's also like there's not a lot new. Like it's set up, you yeah. just need to do the thing and endure yeah. the thing, rep the thing out. And I think that pertains to that feminine aspect too. Yeah, yeah. I was also thinking of, uh, as we were talking about this is is um, there's an old Richard Rohr book. Um, that is named escapes me right now, but one that I've, I've referenced a lot in my own life. Um, he's a, he's a book. He's a Richard Rohr is a, <clears throat> is a um, Je- Jesuit. No, he's not Jesuit. I've, I've talked about him so often. I'm a little embarrassed. I can't remember. Uh, he's a monk and a writer and a, a guide for the yin and yang. And he used to coach a lot about or teach on math, the masculine journey. Really what he understood was it needs to be both. There, there needs to be a deep integration of both the masculine and the feminine in order for any one, not just a man, but for any one to be a whole person. They need to incorporate both of those parts of their life in a healing way that fills in the gaps from the father wound, the mother wound the abandonment issues that we've got, the parts of ourself that still want to do harm to ourselves, hold us to things that we can't quite forgive ourselves for. And that is um, when I was listening to Dr. Tracy Hunter talk about that or, or reading that thing, that kind of place of rest. And in a way, this is nothing they said in the post, but this is what I got from it, which was essentially letting myself off the hook from certain things that I thought I had to hold on to. Yeah. And, and that has been a delight, a, a real sense of freedom in my life. Like what? Like what? That's a good question. Um, a, a really good example is, is the tape that often played in my head that would say things like, um, I should be more successful at this point in my life. My life should look different than it does. And I understand the, the irony of saying that on this like international trip that I'm on, that's like very privileged, you know, like I'm, it's, I have no lack in my life. I have no lack at all. There's nothing wrong in my life. And yet the voice is trying to tell me that I'm not going to be any better than my father who was married eight times and died penniless and always fought financial problems and always fought all kinds of emotional, mental problems in his life. And, and, you know, truth be told, dude, like even that kind of anxiety, if we'll call it like a low level anxiety attack, 
like that hit me that hit me on this trip a couple times when i'm just like in a in a moment that i should be enjoying this incredible beauty and suddenly this like sinking feeling comes back it's like but it's not right it's not real this isn't you you didn't do this this is a fluke you just happen to be here for this Mm. and and that returning to this sense of like i don't have to play that game anymore i don't have to dance with that devil and hold myself to some kind of i don't have to hold my feet to the fire with this kind of thing can i kind of uh i wouldn't say it's calling you out because that's too much but can i bring something to light that's a little bit in my mind that we kind of joked about but that's a little bit that has to do with part of you yeah Okay, because I joked about it, because you always bring up your dad, and then the first thing you say, like a tape recorder man, is he's been married eight times, and I don't want to do that. And then I always joke, dude, you've only been married twice, you got six more to go before you're physically <laughs> a failure. You know? yeah. But I think that that, like, if you want to put it in like the way that, you're, you're, that you voice it, between eight marriages and two marriages, like, like even if you got married again, that's so... And the way that you are married to Ronald is just like so fucking far from how your dad is and who your dad is. I wouldn't say you've overcorrected outside of this party that still kicks yourself and is like afraid of being your dad. Yeah, yeah. That's an overcorrection, I would think, because, man, you have like squashed that monkey. It's gone. You know? I know. I know. I'm, I, it's like I, I'm completely aware of that. And yet the voice, the voice still like, you know, it's almost like I've like, you know, squash the monkey, you know, like you said, that's a great one. And then I hear the echo and I'm like, what is that? I can hear it like, you know, like I, out in the background, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, where did that come from? I mean, I would challenge you. And, and just like yeah. for anyone who's listening here, like Ronald and I, especially you, you're like very generous with like, please challenge me. And I've just been like, sure, man. In our private conversations, I'm like, well, fuck it. If he's, you know, if I trust him and and, and he's asking for it. So you and I have that dynamic and I, I really like hope that you do that more for me and with me, you've called me out and sat me down about some issues in my life that it's, it's just hugely helpful. I think that it's so helpful when a friend like p- p- holds another friend accountable. Yeah. And I think it's generally maybe either people don't do that or they do it in a way that's too aggressive, you know, and not right. nice. Yeah. Um, but like, I would challenge you, man, if you're open to it, and if you, if this like means anything to you, like some of your verbiage that you, that you use around that, mm-hmm. if it's an echo and you're not really feeling that way, cut the verbiage, man. Yeah. Like you don't need to say that shit anymore. Cause maybe yeah. that perpetuates the echo. Like it's not just an echo. Yeah. Actually yeah. Open more space for something to continue to echo. It could, it's almost like uh like there's a part of me that doesn't want to let go of that, like tether to. Yeah. Like if I cut it, then I don't have an excuse anymore. Interesting. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. That's the challenge. It sounds like that's interesting. Anyway, that's a good challenge. I love that. I love that. I think that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, well, you know, I'm kind of f- trying to fuck around a little bit on this. <laughs> I like these podcasts to be meaningful, you know, and by meaningful, I mean they they matter and and things change, and that's just who I am, and you know that might be annoying or, or too much for some people, but it's definitely a value of mine and, and I feel pretty secure in that. So yeah, it's not that big of a deal, but I, it's something that kept, keeps crossing my mind. Cause we're like reflecting on this time together with this podcast. Well, well who do we bring on here? There's tons of people who are like, 
facing themselves, right? Or had to face themselves yeah. in an intense, critical way to get where they're at. Yeah. And so it just like brings up a lot of themes, right? Major. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm nodding my head as you're talking because it's, that's like, that resonates with me that echoes with me so well. And I, and I was just thinking as you're talking about, like, I think every person I've listened to, I've had this moment where I thought, ah, uh, there's a part of me in the story, or there's a part of me in that a struggle, or man, I wish I had made a decision like they had made, um, or wish I had, I had incorporated but that's the gift every time you hear something like that. It's like, now is the time to do it. Now that I know, I don't have an excuse anymore. I've got to, I've got to take the opportunity. I've got to, you know, I was thinking back on, on, um, you know, uh, Dave, I forget his last name right now. The, the guy mm-hmm. who's no, um, uh, let me look back here. Someone we talk to? The guy that we interviewed uh, at the beginning, Dave Abbott, who had sailed around, started to sail around the world yes. with his family. And how they like had like one mishap after another. And, and for them, that's like, we're actually on the right path. We want to be doing this. (laughs) And they, and they were like, we're not going to stop. Like, this is, this is what we want to do. And they, even this last, they had started again right before COVID happened and then COVID happened and then they were forced to stop. It'd be really interesting to see how that goes on. But I think that's the gift even, even still with this kind of thing is like, sometimes it feels like shit's going wrong all the time, but that's like, that's sometimes our life telling us this is going to take a lot more effort than you are used to putting out. And how bad do you really want this? Yeah. That's a tricky one, man, because sometimes it's life going, don't fucking do this. And sometimes it's like, how much do you want this? Right. 100%. 100%. And one of them means go harder or yeah. more. I, and only you know the answer. Yeah. And you can't ask anybody for the answer. I mean, maybe sometimes you can if, you ha- if you've got a friend who knows you well enough that they can be like, no, 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 you need to like relax on that shit. Dude, I got a challenge for us, man. Yeah. Can, can we name in the conversation and think about every person we've, we've podcasted so far? Because I've With, named Without looking at the list? Without looking at the list, that's kind of fucked up because then someone might be like, "Dude, you forgot me." Like, someone's what? gonna, someone's gonna have their feelings hurt. <laughs> yeah, people, we're all adults. But like, I was thinking about Brian Brister because, like, Brian mm. Brister was, I think, our second. Yeah. And he and after that, we talk about meaningful. Like me, like everything's meaningful. It's easy to say, but like, okay, what's your action every time yeah. you did it? Well, I remember that's when that idea started because he was talking about yoga and, and how it meant to, I think he was talking about a hot yoga class mm-hmm. um, and how, yeah, it was. And how yep. like much that was part of his losing 155 pounds. And like one of the best things I've ever done for myself was doing a hot yoga class. This is like 15 years ago, man. And I've never done one since. I know it's, it's, a real, it's awesome. Yeah. Kind of a hard thing to find, but I really need to be in like a hot yoga slash a yoga class. that's consistent. And I still haven't done it, man. It's like, but that's still on the list. Like I got to do it. And it's partially because of that talk we had with him. Yeah. I did a uh, hundred pushups the other night and you did? yeah. And like sets of 10, I mean, no, you know, over an hour too. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, but I thought about him the whole time yeah. that, so, that he talked about hating it. The challenge was there. And this is kind of the thing. Like, do you go harder or do you stop? And you know, the dude went harder and, and I can't remember how many pushups he said he could do in one go, but I was like, 
50. definitely more than I can do at this point. Yeah, in my it was life. 50. He was trying to do 50. And I was, I was one of my favorite parts of this entire experience so far is him saying like, because he couldn't do any, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like he could do 25 and now he wants to right. do 50. Like, I can't do a pushup and I might be exaggerating a little bit there, right. but I know he couldn't do 10 percent. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a significant gain. And the human body is an amazing thing. It's an incredible thing that wants to do th- that wants to work hard. And we, and it also is very hard to push to that threshold that is telling you to stop. Uh, I was thinking about Andy hung in that kind of in that same place too, because he's, he had like, not the physical part of those challenges, but he had a lot of like familial stuff, you know, the loss of a mother and and his father dying. And, and suddenly there are the universe is like showing up like, Hey, I've got something for you in all this, despite all this pain. And I've got a community for you to be in. And I've got uh, a mentor for you and a big brother who's there for you. And that ended up being both physically and mentally and probably spiritually in some level, a real refuge for him that like, that I think about all the time, like the community that's built around that, that world. You know, that's, that's interesting. You bring him up. Cause, and I'm going to get a little bit like, I hope people know, you know, I know this, you know, this, um, I remind myself, I remind you, but like people who don't know me, like I'm in the middle of a process almost all the time. And my process is generally mistake-based. Like using, <laughs> making mistakes is a massive part of my prog- process. Yeah. And sometimes you're in a field where the stakes are too high, you can't make mistakes. You can't very make, make many. But others, there's like make as many mistakes as you want. Like in painting, you know, I can, yeah. I can do that. And it doesn't cost anything but time and resource. But I have time and resource. So it doesn't cost a lot. But uh, so I just want to say that preface like before I say this, because this, this might seem a little harsh or something, but mm. I'm just working through it. Like Andy seems like I, I would like to talk to him again sometime and be like, what was the hardest part of your life? Because our mm. conversation with him so far, or when we had it was like, he kind of got the help that he needed at the right time. And exactly. he just accepted it and used it instead of being like, whereas our first guy, Andrew uh, get, uh, Garrett, Yep. Andrew Garrett, he was like, you know, he like got the help and then said, fuck you help. I'm going to do this. And he did that <laughs> a bunch of times, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and he, he would, I think he would laugh at that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then he finally got it and like, it's crushing or, you know, right. is, is driving. Um, but Andy, I was like, man, you're just a badass. Like you got the help you needed and you were like, thank you, help. And then you took it. And now you just <laughs> that's wisdom, right? I mean, I think that's, I don't know why some of us fight so I know, much. Man. Like, gosh, isn't yeah. that funny? That's that. I was is... looking at him. I was just like, oh, you're, you're, the, you're the dude, man. You're the man. You're, really, you're strong in a, inner world. Yeah. Strong, you know, strong foundation. Yeah. Big time. Big time. That's a super good one. Um, who else kind of blew me away? Our conversation with Brenda was really fun as well, who has a book that just came out today. Today. Uh, yeah. So congrats to Brenda with your po- podcast. God is great. Is it called? It's uh, called. Her book Prayer. is called uh, On Her Knees. Um, Memoir of a Prayerful Jezebel. That's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. congrats on that. That's really cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome. What do you remember about her? Or that talk. 
I think the you know what's funny is I the vibe the vibe was like it just felt like restful. I don't know why I'm saying that even why that stands out. I should say, I don't know why that stands out to me more than like the words we actually talked about, because I think Brenda is in the world where she's talking about religious leaders who are harmful. She's talking about um, church culture that's harmful. And she's talking about things uh, really sticking up for people who don't have a place in religious culture. And, and it seemed like she just kind of had some time to like chill and hang out with us and like put that stuff on the back burner for a moment. And what really stood out to me was like her referencing your, your and I's relationship, like our affection for one another and, and how she doesn't see that very often and, uh, and how that encouraged her. And, and, you know, you, you know, when you're like in the water, you don't realize it's water. And, and I, and I kind of forget that it's a gift, but that's, that's kind of what stood out for me. I was like, Oh man, like, this is a real gift. This is a really nice thing to get to do with my friend and, and have a brother that is my partner in this. And, and we see one another. And that's what was like, strangely, like the thing that like stood out to me most. Well, a uh, couple of things on that, man. First of all, I feel the same way. This uh, project we've been working on is allowed a level of intimacy with a friend. Uh, you know, as I've told you many times, and I just think it's a truism is like, if you want to spend a lot of time with someone, cause you're like, Oh, we never see each other, like live with them or write by them or work with them, you know? Yeah. And it'll just happen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And uh, th- that's what this has been for you. And I always wish like, damn, I wish me and Ron, like we're next door neighbors or we work together. And so finally getting that opportunity, I get, it's very validating that we've had the experiences we had experience that we've had. Because, um, you know, it has, it, 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 what I was hoping ha- would happen, happened. Like, I feel very close to you. I feel like I don't have to hide anything from you. I feel very trusting of you with my emotions and also my, like, you know, things I don't, maybe don't talk about. And I'm a pretty open book, but there's still things that I don't really talk about as much um, because I'm careful with maybe, you know, who, who how I'd be judged. Um, yeah. And- it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way in you towards me. And it's just been a, a really, uh, probably one of the things that I'm most grateful for in my life, not just now. Yeah. Same dude. Totally. Absolutely. You know, it's funny too. Side note. Sorry. Real quick. The only reason we're doing this podcast right now is because Brenda's book published and she had to cancel us on her show, which we were supposed to be doing right now, which was supposed to be about years of my friendship. That's a great reason to cancel. Cancel <laughs> is too much of a hard word, too. It's like I completely agree. I would have done it for her if I. Yeah, thought. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. So we, you know, cheers to her. Cheers to on her knees out today. I think you can find it anywhere books are sold, uh, especially the big online retailers. Um, you know what else was a was a like a lavish surprise was our conversation with nick herndon um the marine vet the survivor of childhood abuse and the father of um gosh i don't even know what label to put through this but a, a you know the father of a child who's exploring the non-binary journey of gender right now maybe that's a, a an easy easier way to kind of get a handle on that 
and his absolute ownership of as a father of encouraging his child and loving his child and supporting his child in that was uh shit man like it was moving i mean that really made me truly step up to the plate as a dad uh and really check myself anytime i felt any kind of judgment for my children and the choices that they're making um and where like how do i want to be remembered as a dad because you know i think we have like this like i at least i do i have like an internalized i mean i said you called me out on a few minutes ago i have an internalized feeling in my body of, of like with my father and i'm not sure what your experience is like but you know and that's because of years of moments and sometimes those moments are like solidified and sometimes it's like layers and and you know on this trip with my kids um my kids like have been begging me to get in the pool this is not anything in compared to what nick has done but or they they beg me to play with them and i just think I don't feel like playing. I don't want to play, but I do want to be remembered as a dad who loves his kids. Like I want them to have that memory. And so I'm going to put down whatever I'm doing and I'm going to be present with my kids and I'm going to give them my full attention and give them my full presence and let them feel like I'm right there. And that has been for me, like a a real, like instead of that active thing that we were first talking about, you know, the attacking, that moving, that's that pushing that forward, the hero's journey kind of like masculine thing. It's the opposite. It's like, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. And yeah, it's been, cool, been powerful, I, I, very powerful for me. Uh, I, uh, right. Cause how many times do kids check what they're doing and want to do, you know, so the adult can like guide them in a better direction you know so yeah that's cool that you repay that favor yeah. you know that courtesy or whatever it is um that environment but like for people who might be listening i think it's worth repeating too uh nick's quick, the quick and dirty of his story is that well it's not his story his story was something totally different his story was being set on fire as a child yeah but like the, the end of that show of that conversation was about him um experiencing his one of his uh his little boy do you remember the little boy's name and i'm saying boy because at that time yeah i don't know Uh, yeah their name is magnus you remember that wow that's right yeah yeah. um isn't that the name of his business uh yeah oh i didn't put that together yeah um so uh magnus like starts putting on a towel or something when they went off to play or or no, they put on a they their jacket their, around their waist, yeah. yeah. And then they're playing with it, and he like had the wherewithal to notice because he said something like, "No, let me take that for you." And and Magnus was like, "No, I like it." And then like Nick started putting together the pieces and observing his child, which was really beautiful, and being like, "Oh my god, he's kind of wearing that like a skirt." And like for what in whatever way you have to like listen to it to get the details and her perspective, but he started to put it together that his his son Magnus was like you know, interested in women's clothing, you know, or more feminine clothing. Mm -hmm. And, and then he like, after observing that took it upon himself, fuck it. And he got ahead of it and went to a thrift store and like, didn't really know what he was doing, but bought a um, skirt 
and yeah. look at home, talk to his ex-wife, like, hey, I would like to handle this. Have you heard? Have you noticed it too? They agreed. He would kind of spearheaded or approach yeah. first and went to home to his son, um, Magnus, his child, and like gave them the skirt and then wasn't really sure if it would how it would be received. And then the Magnus likes puts it on and is more is happier than than they yeah. Ever yeah. Yeah. That's like just completely. Question. Yeah. Yeah. If you go follow that guy on Instagram, you can see some of that journey and like, see some of like, see his children and see like, it's, it's powerful. Like anytime he posts a, him and his kids, I'm like, I'm like, there's the, there's the gold standard of dad right there. If you need one, you know, especially in the, the, the linchpin of that story is not that that's awesome. But I think the most valuable part of the story is that Nick, that's not who Nick you would think Nick could, that's not an action you'd think if you knew the bullet points of Nick's life that right. he could do. Yeah. Ex-military, like very masculine, manly, like hyper, you know, strength yeah. training champion. Yep. Dot, dot, dot. yep. Yeah. Combat vet, like, like several tours of combat who likes yeah. combat. He said that on the podcast. I like right. combat. I'm like, shit, you don't hear that <laughs> very often. That guy's brave, man. Yeah. And like, yeah. The whole spectrum of bravery. That that was cool. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, Between him and Jody Thomas, the most popular podcast that we've Judy Thomas. I mean, she also. Judy, sorry. Yeah, Judy. Um, uh, by the way, well, I won't. I won't uh, have any spoilers. We're have, we're gonna have her sister on at some point in the future. I'm really excited mm-hmm. about her too. She's gonna be rad. Her stories. She she texted me the other day. It's gonna be. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Um, but I think about Judy often too, because she, she was the kind of person who didn't have the qualifications for success or the backstory or the support for success, but she had the grit, the damn grit and the belief that that like, like if she just shows up and I don't even want to say works harder, but just is more present than anybody else. Like, I'm not even sure if she would use that word, but that's what I took away. And, and it just seemed like one door after another, one mentor after another, uh, and her like Andy, she's like, Oh, helps here. I'm going to take it. Like, I think you and me get in our own way a lot, which kind of <laughs> makes the adventure a little more interesting, but maybe not. It just makes it harder. You know, right? Yeah, her and Andy for sure. They don't get in their way a lot. And you know, they're ergo, they're like both. I don't think it's a coincidence that they're both like really succeeding and thriving in their yeah. uh, businesses. Yeah. And I was gonna say, interestingly enough, Judy's story, the like the funnest, you know, little moment of hers also surrounds a dress. Do you remember that? Yeah, she her her boss told her to like. Uh, or the hiring manager said like, it's a for, like dress formal for work. And she had like one Easter dress <laughs> and she wore it like every damn day to work. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. And, and I think that, but, like, go ahead. Sorry. They, they took her shopping though. Didn't they? Well, she worked her ass off in that yeah. one dress for like two yeah. weeks. And when she thought she was going to get canned or yeah. let go because she was a temp, and she was not qualified, yeah. but she was like doing the dishes in the room where, you know, they had the break room. Yeah. Yeah. The break room. And they were like, fuck it. She's amazing. And then they were like, 
we would like to hire you. And also here's 500 bucks to go get yourself a proper like business chance. Dude, that's the best, <laughs> it's man. Good story, man. That's so good. Uh, also, that's somebody you would want to like, if, if you're listening to this and you just want to like, I had a mentor uh, named uh, Brad Miller, who's an amazing guy, say to me, uh, success leaves clues. I'm not sure if he came up with that or if, or if, or he picked it up somewhere else, but he said it often, so often that I... I've, I think about it a lot. And, and if you want to be successful and need to see it from a regular person, like Andy, Judy, Nick, like those, those are people you'd want to follow and, and just see a real person doing life and seeing help come, you know, like show up and they're like, Oh, I'm going to take this help and make this happen. Those, yeah. those guys are doing it really well, really, really well. I think also the same with, with, um, in some different ways though, but I was also thinking of the, the two double headers we had with, uh, Dennis, Denise and, um, Joe oh. Guilford, you know, why do you say that? Well, they're, they are both, you know, artists, like real, um, yeah, true cool. artists. And, both of those guys uh, have had like a very long kind of artist journey in their own ways. And Dennis is like, am I saying his name right? Dennis. Yeah. I always want to say Denise too, but that's because his band name is Denise of the bees and his name is Dennis and they're spelled different. I don't really know yeah. the story of why he spells them both different, but it is yeah. Dennis as far as I know, Dennis Idemir. Yeah. But Dennis has, I mean, he's a young guy, but he's done all like he's one of those people, young people who has done a lot of living and has a lot of experiences and it's and, and put a lot of wisdom into a short amount of time. And and that was really coming across like we didn't even get into his whole adventures of traveling all over the world and learning uh, super esoteric music languages and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a musician, so I'm going to fuck all this up, but, but what we got into was his own story of, you know, being born in one place, raised in another, and then being stuck in like Turkey for a long time. Well, I, I personally think that my, my, my like take on Dennis is that yeah. I just want to apply his mind to any subject, you know, mm -hmm. like, I, I think that's, <laughs> that you're interesting that way. And, and it's just like, can in what way? What do you mean by that? Well, because I don't really like he has a lot of wisdom and he has a lot of uh, care and sensitivity and articulation around yeah. those things. And uh, his his feelings and his thoughts are aligned on things. And he can also he's also honest, like if he doesn't know about something, it's fun to explore that thing. If he does mm. know something, it's fun mm. to learn. Mm. You know, uh, it's just like I, I really admired him as a human. And it was, that's why that second episode, we were like, F it. Like, Hey, do you want to talk about non-monogamy? And he was like, actually perfect. And then, you know, that's something we all talked about. We didn't have yeah. to talk about music because we just like Dennis's take on things. Yeah. Well, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. I did too. I've been thinking about him a lot too, actually recently. So you I mean, phone call scheduled to talk about, continue that conversation. Yeah. Oh, nice. Tell him I said, hello. I mean, I've been thinking about him because his mind is so sharp. I, you know, I catch his, he'll do a musical performance on his Instagram oh. and I'll catch that every once in a while. And, yeah. and I think like, that's a, he's, he's a gifted person who has not squandered that gift. 
And and it's probably three. He got on the path early, man. There was not a lot of cutting for sign in his life. Right? <laughs> he was on the top of the animal, riding the deer into the sunset. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like I mean, it's kind of like our, our our man Joe Guilford. Like he was born in a show business family that had their own challenges. Uh, which is, you know, they survived the, well, I don't want to say survived, but they went through the, the red scare where everyone, you know, in Hollywood was outed for being comedy sympathizers. Yeah. I think he's writing a movie or, or did write a, or he's, he wrote a play called shakes about based on his parents being, uh, blacklisted. And then yeah. that, that show was that, uh, um, play was the most successful thing he had done. And he's done, like, he's definitely done, you know, he's had, like, you know, Oscar-nominated level actors yeah. playing in movies that he's written. But that that play, Finks, really hit a nerve uh, with people and in a good way. And and I get it's being, um, tra- uh, he is uh, not translating, what am I trying to say? He's turning it Adapted. Into, thank you. He's adapting it into a film. Yeah, yeah. And he's also a, a screenwriting professor. He is. Yeah. Um, that's cool that you, you mentioned him, you know, it's funny that the two people we've had on like more than once and I personally, and I know you feel the same way we could have everybody on twice because oh. like you just crashed the surface. Yeah, for real. Um, and early on, especially it's like, feel bad about David Abbott. Like we just didn't have our shtick down, you know? And now that we do, it's like, we're going to have him on. We did, him a di- we did him a dirty, didn't we? we did, <laughs> Sorry, David Abbott. I know. It's and he was still good and it was fun. Yeah. You know? yeah I yeah. just feel like I'm so much more interested in some stuff I'd like to deep dive on. But um, those two people that we had on twice were actually people who they didn't have to cut for sign in what they were doing. They had to cut for sign in the supportive um, other aspects of their life, like Joe getting his finances together, which was a huge part of his story. Yeah. yeah. You know, Dennis, I would say maybe finding his place to settle or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, well, also, I mean, you mentioned earlier, like a non-monogamy, like when he realized, like, I'm not a non-monogamous person and I do that yeah. consciously and with, uh, a, like an actual moral compass in this. And, oh, yeah. and when he like, kind of like, quote unquote, came out to his mom about that, she's like, yeah, of course you've always been that way. And it's like, oh, he, yeah, that's right. that's it's right. like, he finally recognized there was a, a, a role and a story that he wasn't made for. And he didn't have to play the role anymore and he could step into the, the true, the true role. And his mom had been, his mom had noticed this, this whole time, you know, yeah, you know, you, you know what else like, I think on often is our, one of the early conversations uh, with Oscar Marino. And that was a surprising one, dude. I mean, the story he told of, um, I mean, I didn't know any of this stuff before we had him on and it's a really interesting coincidence. Um, of him coming out of, um, I, I, I can't remember how many years he had of, of sobriety from alcohol in particular. I think it was seven. Was it seven years? Yeah. yeah. And him. I remember it being the same as what you'd experienced. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, and him like, going like feeling a i mean i i don't know what episode number that is that's um number seven interesting that's really interesting seven years he's episode number seven holy shit that's 
interesting. Um, you know, he, he feeling this like I'm, word entitled to some celebration in his life. He had he had gotten a certain kind of success. He had kind of uh, I don't want to say white knuckled, but definitely like on his own in some certain ways, been pretty good with without his without alcohol and played this movie out in his mind of like what it would mean to like feel like the man again. And I remember he wanted to go and have a stellar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was it a stellar? Was it a Heineken and in, in, at the montage in Laguna beach a bottle beer, which are yeah. anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the green bottles. According to uh, Daniel. Thank you, man. As Ron pounds the rest of his kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Um, but him, but the, basically that beginning of the, that beginning, a second chapter in his life, or maybe the second book of like going off the rails and him like now spending an, another bunch of years of trying to get his shit back together and really kind of being back in it for a number of months. Right. Like it was like it was six months. Yeah. Shit, dude. That was for real. That was super yeah. real. Yeah, he was cool. What I what I got from him and what impressed me about him, uh, I don't mean that as like a judgment, just like it made an impression. I remember it uh, was just that he again had a lot of success in his life. He was working with some like Cypress Hill, right, and repping yeah. some pretty awesome people. Had a lot of money to throw around. Um, maybe, maybe, and I might be putting words into his mouth a little bit, but he come, comes from El Salvador, you know, maybe like, yeah. maybe a little more susceptible to a machismo culture, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then you're successful on top of that. And like, despite all of that, he has arrived to a place where he was very open to talk about his emotions and um, talk about mental illness uh, there. And by that, it just means like experiencing depression or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I just was, you know, very grateful that he was willing to go there because that's what the world needs. The world needs yeah. Nick Herndon, you know, the least likely guy to accept a trans, a transition in somebody, a gender transition. And then a Oscar Marino, who is like this badass and still is to talk about like, be vulnerable, like his own story. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking like the new man that is a badass is definitely an emotionally intelligent human. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And there, and there's a, a certain level of vulnerability that they are um, owning and, and leading in and showing by example, for sure, for sure. I mean, it, it, I, we had um, uh, Rainier Wild on uh, not that many episodes ago, and he talked about the shadow, right? Like the, the part of us that wants to stay in denial of all that stuff. And, and I think, and he, you know, the guy's super busy with men who like recognize that and they don't have the mechanisms. They don't have the tools. They don't even have the language or the words or the support group or any, you know, any of those things to go, man, I'm feeling all like, I'm feeling the tension of this stuff in my life. And I don't know what to do about it. And, and, or they've tried a bunch of different things and that's not worked. And I think that's it. You know, you kind of hinted to that earlier in this in this conversation where you, you, you try something, you hear something and it just may not be the right fit for you. And that's okay. 
That's totally okay. When you were explaining that before, I was thinking about how not everybody's made to be a power lifter. Not everybody's made to be a distance runner. Like you can do some of those things, but there are definitely different bodies that are better for it than others. And, and I think the same goes for the emotional slash spiritual journey or the masculine journey or the feminine journey. Like you've got to find what fits you, what fits your personality, what, what makes, what makes you feel whole. And yeah, what are you smiling about? Well, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not cutting you off. No, You're no. very good at reading my body language. You do that a lot. You're like, Daniel, you got something to say? Because I, I do. It's very generous when you do that. I appreciate it. Well, it's like, well, the great thing is, is like, I, it's almost like I'm doing a magic trick and I've done the reveal and your whole face like lights up. I'm like, okay, well, what's about to, what's he going to say? It's funny, man. It's like, I'm a piece of popcorn. That's like shaking. And you're just like, okay, you want to pop? Go for it, man. Do it. Well, what you got? Come on. Uh, one of my weaknesses, if we re- recall, this is not what I was going to say, but yeah. real quick, one of my weaknesses and that I've learned about myself on this podcast is uh, the anxiety that it com- mm. that comes when I want to say something really mm. cuts me off from hearing what someone says. And it's become a nice opportunity uh, to now when I really want to talk, but someone else is still talking. And you might find this hard to believe because I cut us off a lot, especially having conversations. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call you out on this bullshit right now because, like, if you're going to call me out on something, you don't need to apologize for that. It's part of the conversation. Just just fucking roll with it. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) It it might be if we were, like, in a... It, it would be different if I was telling a story and I'm like, yeah, and that's when I broke my leg. And you're like, oh, I got a story for you. I broke, broke both my fucking legs. And, yeah. and I'm still walking with crutches. Like, that's not what, you, that's not what you're about. No, that's true. Um, but I have found that it is a good exercise to uh, ameliorate my... Uh... Can you tell those birds to shush? It's <laughs> <laughs> a flock of tropical birds. Um, Anyways, uh, the, uh, it's definitely been a nice, a nice uh, pr- uh, opportunity talking with other people to just yeah. like calm down and trust the process of like um, listening to someone, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and maybe something comes up that, you know, you didn't need to add to it. Anyways, I actually kind of forgot what I was going to say um, and who I was going to bring up. Oh, right. So um, a friend of mine recently, you're we talking about emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. intelligence, particularly in more masculine people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, as opposed to saying, man, I just like, it makes more sense to be like more masculine people. Sure. Yeah, totally. Gender. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, uh, and, and even the word masculine and that could be broken down into qualities of people. Like they were just 100%, like lumping yeah. into the word yeah. masculine that we then lump again into the gender men. It's, just, it's mm-hmm. like a crazy way to think. If you think about it, no wonder we're all fucked up and confused about shit. Yeah. Um, but a friend of mine today, I like spent the weekend up with him and his wife, right? And we had a good time, but I was also kind of preoccupied with my own like uh, with my own life and what whatnot. I wasn't hundred percent available, and so I was like, but I was better than I had been in the past with this friend. And long story short, sent him a text, just be like, hey man, uh, can we do this weekend again? Because I'm here for a couple more, and I'd love to run it back. Um, I kind of like was dealing with a little bit of something that was going on, and. 
I would like to be up there while I would not be, even though we had a nice weekend. So I say this like kind of longer yeah. text and like emotional stuff. And mm-hmm. that went into like me. He's my longest friend that I've had in my life, you know? Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and he's always been there and he's been like a little bit better of a friend than I have, like, <laughs> fuck ups, you know? And, um, and so I do these things and it was very heartfelt, uh, and all that, but he sends me a text back. And this is my point. You don't have to like gush about emotional stuff to have emotional intelligence because mm. he is generally not quite as comfortable talking about his emotions, but he's more aware of them than the average bird. And mm. also he can. But it's just, it's going to make things slightly uncomfortable, perhaps. Whereas me, it's like, I get really relaxed and that's my wheelhouse. Um, And he sends me a text back and he goes, he goes, that's awesome. It was really nice having you too. And then in parentheses, he goes, or it was nice hanging out with you too. And in parentheses, he goes, that's all you're going to get from me. He just burst your bubble. <laughs> no, I didn't want it from him, but I loved that he made a joke out of yes. it. He was spot on with the joke. Like he knew. That's it. emotional intelligence, humor. That's super strong. That's super strong. Um, you know who else like was an amazing guest was uh, Michael McDonald, the guy that was raised as a uh, Baha'i faith yeah. practitioner. Yep. I would love and, to talk to him again too, because he was super early. He was the same day as, as David Abbott. That's and, right. Oh yeah. Andy, I think we did two double or triple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've thought often about him, his parents sending him to China for that women's conference. I forgot about that. And when he was like, that's uh, right. Like 14 or 15 years old with his like 12 year old brother and a bundle of cash. And like, you're going to go see you later. Like I, that's also challenged me as a parent. I'm not sending my kid across the ocean, but I'm like, yeah, go do that thing. Like, like you're going to figure it out. And it's like uh, Matt Brunk. It's like, you got these parent, parent, you have the parent lens, you know, it's like, I'm only parenting myself, you know, but <laughs> I like that they challenge you. What's the, I mean, what's that like for you to hear these parent parental things? Like what, what is your takeaway when you hear a Matt Brunk or Michael McDonald? Or, I mean, I mean, Michael's not a parent either, but I mean, that's just the lens I have to you know, I mean, I'm responsible for two other human beings, Yeah. you know, for a, a, a good portion of their future. And, and that, uh, that I take very seriously, but like, you know, are you conscious about this stuff for yourself as a parent or what's that, what is that like for you? Dude, uh, it's a generous question, man. I'm very clear on, on that. And, uh, what I started dinking around with about 10 years ago was, oh, the inner child, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, that's la di da, inner child, whatever. But then it's like, okay, well, let's take that a little more seriously. So if I have an inner child and I have an inner mother and an inner father, mm. that's kind of like the baseline mm-hmm. core family, right? Mm. And so now I just started parsing out what would be fatherly things to do and motherly mm. things to do and child things to do. And then mm. over time, that leads to when I can tell I'm in a fatherly role to myself and the attributes that, that those might, um, that might entail. And when you're being like a good father to yourself or a bad father or a mother, and when you're in a childish place and then mm. as years go by and those three kind of roles, that very simple way, like, you know, tr- triad like that, that becomes clear when you're in this role or that role. And when one, and one of those is suffering or thriving. 
Mm-hmm. And so when I, and because I do not have children, you know, I got very close with uh, my now ex, uh, an ex-wife. Um, you know, she did get pregnant. I thought it was going to be something that I would do for a while, but it's not something I'm actively planning. But I do recognize that I would be a very good father. Um, and if I was a single parent, I would be a good mother, you know, uh, to this person in whatever mm-hmm. role, uh, amount that they needed, depending yeah. on what the person is doing. Um, but my point being, because I don't have children and because of the amount of emotional, physical, financial effort that it takes to raise a child or children, I have no excuse not to raise myself mm-hmm. as a child mm-hmm. or any, if I do have a childish part of myself, which I do and have. It, it, I have no excuse not to be very responsible and, and care for that part of myself. And so mm-hmm. when I hear the Matt Bronx and Jason Brick spoke about being a parent, yeah, quite a bit, yeah. he was like our third episode. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, McDonald, you said that you were talking about it. And these other people who are it's a major part of their life, I instantly translated into ways that I can treat myself better mm-hmm. so my cup can then overflow and mm-hmm. I can have something to offer the world and the people around me. Mm. That's interesting. I we should do we should find somebody who knows a lot about uh parenting the inner child because that is something mm-hmm. I took on. I, you know, I've I've been hearing it like you for a long time too. And 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 maybe in 20, 2019 was when I really started to take that seriously. And um and to your point earlier about my affinity to to, to latch on to certain storylines with my dad, um, I would go back to memories, core memories, um, where I needed a strong dad or a strong mom or a protector or a guide. And I would do that for myself. Like I would be, I would take myself now and go back to that memory and, um, rewrite that memory actually. Uh, so if I got bullied, I would like step in and stop the bullying and like talk to myself about, man, that kid is a bully because he's got a rough life at home. And he's, you know, it's not like, it's not like my adult me and my child me like beat the kid up in in my, you know, this, this mental spiritual work, we brought empathy and care to it. And, um, I, I did that through a bunch of different memories really was a very, very powerful tool that I, uh, still incorporate sometimes when some core wound comes back up and, uh, I just start to rework that so that my brain create some plasticity around it and my nervous right. system creates some new pathways around it. Well, it's interesting that you say wound because like, like recently I've been uh, introduced to a term that just someone that I'm close to said off the, off the cuff, it was mm. the wound itself. We yeah. would be in an argument or a conflict and they would mm. say, they started saying, you know, I don't want to, it's not good for me to be in my wounded self. And mm. then for me, it was more like, it is good to be in my wounded self because my wounded self right now does not lead to crisis. Whereas for this person, it generally does. Huh. And so it's actually a good place for me to be, not all the time, but to dip into because I have access to it and I can rewire it and I can take care and I can speak differently from it or I can, I can allow it to exist and not speak from that place, you know? And so yeah. that would be like something that my inner child verbiage has like kind of turned into and is emphasized more these days is I just think of it more as a wound itself. Yeah. Now that's not to say my chi- inner child is only wounded, right? Yeah. Your inner child has all the attributes of a child. But um, a lot of times too, Ron, just like taking care of a, like the child self 
it's it's just a way to like a lens to look back at yourself and be like, can I take care of myself and treat myself as well as I would a child or someone old and dying? You know, I think right. about the doctor, which means, right. you know, I got to eat food at a certain time and right. I got to like keep myself hydrated and I got to get decent sleep and I got to do not yeah. too much check and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All the things you wouldn't, you would control with a child yeah. or offer a child. And when I do those things, I'm just like, every one of those little things I listed plus about 20 more is like 2% better that I'm taking care of. That If I'm those add up into 10, 20, 30% better and having that 30% potentially more capacity and energy and care that I've been given, I will then make better choices that affect for the long run. I will yeah. then be able to manage my emotions better. I'll then be able to treat people better and then won't be as stressed. And so I'll be able to be available, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah, that make, I mean that feels like it makes sense. Yeah, it it, <laughs> it feels like it does. <laughs> it made sense. I'm going to give you a green light on that one. That's good. Well, a lot of people say, "Does that make sense?" That probably makes no sense. It's like, no, that that feel like that makes sense. Yeah, but that's what, it does. <laughs> what uh what was coming to my mind was uh, Richard Hubbard's uh, conversation with us, um, our writing partner, and and he was about midway through. Uh, when he spoke to us, uh, I think it's episode 15 and he, you know, he was, I mean, you and I have the gift of hearing a story that's not published yet. And, and I don't want to give too much away at all, but because I, I think when his story is published, it's going to be a very powerful retelling of a crazy life. Um, but he under with his best effort, tried one thing after another to heal himself. Yeah, and and great. is still doing that and is is and is having great success doing that um and it's like it's parenting it is bringing discipline it is bringing love it is bringing uh openness it is bringing care it's like all of those like practical and and metaphysical things to one's soul care and one's body care uh i mean he is like deep on the journey i mean he's like if we're going to use kind of an old model, the 12 step model, which 12 step is to help people. Like he's deep in that, that world of helping others along the way. And man, brother, man, I've been in, in the, in the helping people business for the better part of my adult life and really seriously focused on men's work in the last five years. And I have seen very few people as masterfully gifted at leading men's groups than him. Really? Yeah. You did, you did his group. Yeah, I've I've dipped my toe in there. It's something I want to like stay connected to when I when yeah. I. Yeah, I'm gonna do family. it tomorrow. I want to do it too. Dude, yeah. he's he is um he is great at it. Like he's he's really he he is a guy who um I don't know if I've ever used this term with you, but I use it often with my clients, and that is holding space, like the ability to just be with someone else who is processing their shit. And I think I was about 22 years old the first time I had a therapist try to explain that to me. And, and I couldn't get my head around it because it was too painful for me. Like I would cry thinking about it, I would like break down trying to hold someone else's, uh, not hold, but just be around, like be there and like allow them to process yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, like if someone's crying, yeah. Is it something with that? Yeah. Like I always felt like something, I was something I was doing wrong. Like, Oh, this person's upset. Cause I did something or, or I had a, like 
some crazy responsibility part of it and realizing like, no, you just need to like be there. I had to do that recently. Someone who's got a lot, sorry, I know you're in the middle. Of no, yeah, that's good. I, I had to do that recently with someone who has a lot of emotional intelligence. Um, and I was extremely emotional in a, in a cathartic way, right? It was like tears of pain and grief that were very old that were coming out for the first time in, in like decades. And I knew it, I could recognize it. It was like a dream come true, but it, and it feels incredible, but it also looked like it was really painful. And this person I was hanging out with was kind of trying to make me feel better. And every time they did that, it was like stopping the flow. And I had to like communicate, not in that very moment, but a few minutes later when like a wave that stopped, I'd be like, you just need to know like, yeah. This is really good for me and just be here for me. Just uh, be here. You don't uh, have to stop it. I'm good. Yeah. Dude, and that's then money. Let's say that again. You cut out for a second. No, and then it was easy breezy. Yeah. I just feel like I was totally yeah. supportive. Oh, that's so good. That's super good. Um I, I, I have been looking at our guest list this whole time. I can tell, man. When you started naming uh, episode numbers, I was like, he's got a list. In front of I got a list. I think it's, it would be a disservice for us to like name people and then not like give. I, give I know two that we haven't named, but that's all I have on my. In my okay. Mind. Who is it? Who do you Your got? Wife, yep. Morgan, yep. And Dave Leal. And, and we've got uh, Kristen. Um, oh, Hanky. Hanky, yeah. She was She's a delight. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all those conversations were really fun. I mean, Morgan was like, uh, my wife was um, one of our first clients, our first clients, our first guests. That was a great conversation. Such a good conversation. And I think about that one often too, because we, we kind of dipped our toe in the water about just even uh, friendships with uh, the opposite sex that are healthy and life-giving and um, gosh, man, like that one, I think for her and I, we've returned to a couple of times like that, like people need life-giving friendships in their life. And, and ones that, and I think we even talked about during the conversation, like you've, you have talked about, um, in the last, I'm going to use you as an example, and you can clarify if I screw this up, but you have talked about purposely befriending women of all ages for the purpose of friendship um, at different stages of, of life. And, and I'm kind of screwing this up already, so I want you to explain that a little bit. I think you're doing a good job. Uh... Well, keep going, man. You, you got it. Well, I mean, I mean, because you, you, your background, you know, uh, you had a, a very strong sports background and very, you know, both from your high school collegiate career and then post-college and your other, uh, uh, athletic, um, exploits and, and it's just, it's, you know, a masculine place and a certain point in your life, you're like, man, I really need to develop like this feminine side of my life and the relationships to the feminine. And how do I do that? And pragmatically you're like, Oh, this is easy. I'm just going to be friends with women. And, <laughs> and, but th- what is so interesting to me about that, Daniel is like, I don't have a lot of friends that my daughter re- a remembers and B brings up often. And, mm-hmm. and she will go like, Oh man, Daniel's a nice guy. 
Like <laughs> she'll say some version of that uh, every time I talk about you. And even tonight when we were getting uh, ready for the call and I was kind of, kind of, you know, talking to my family about what I'm about to go do, you know, she on her own, like by herself, like comes over to me and it's like always kind of makes a point to say something nice about you and kind about you. You know, I, I, you've told me that before. It means a lot. And I'm going to take the piss out of it just a little bit. Your daughter's also a hell of a charmer. <laughs> but again, she doesn't say that about everybody. It's kind of like, <laughs> and I hate to make this correlation, but my dog is the best dog in the world and she's a nice dog, but not to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would say that, uh, um, the relationship very, very my I don't I haven't spent a lot of time around Emma, your daughter, but like, I do get along with kids very well and I, I do get along with, with, you know, little girls very well too. And I think one of the reasons is because I feel really close to like, this is kind of weird to say, but like my inner child might be a girl, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a very feminine part of myself yeah. and uh, very like, um, I don't know. I'd have to tease that one out more in my head before I, I like, you know, speak it for posterity. Yeah. Um, but like I had another experience recently with, uh, with my little niece who I had never met. I'd met her once, but it's like my step siblings, you know, daughter. Yeah. And it's a daughter. He, they just came into his life. So okay. he got her when you're, when she's four. Wow. Well, I was four when my life dramatically changed. Yeah. And my mother yeah. was when I got new parents and a new name and all this stuff. And you start remembering shit. And I was just like, wow, this little girl's four years old. Wow. She's you know, look how awake she is. And mm. I was four when like this stuff mm. happened. I don't remember anything before that. And we just connected really strong this one night. And a lot of it's just bullshitting and laughing, right? Mm-hmm. Playing games about like, what's your favorite thing? And me trying to get, just play, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a place that I do feel like I can drop the more serious part of myself and, and just be playful. Mm-hmm. And I do find it comes very naturally. Um, but to your point and what you were describing is, I did notice I had a lot of male figures. It took me a long time through my 20s and into my 30s uh, to like, I was basically collecting uh, a collective father, you know? Mm. And my actual adoptive father was a huge part of that. But like, Mm. there was some parts that were missing. And then that's what we do, right? We fill in those with father figures. I did that a ton and I had male friends. And there did come a time where I was like, I don't have female friends. I have... Uh, issues that come up in romantic relationships. I have straight, like undeveloped relationships with my mother and grandmother figures. Mm. And over another decade or so, or a few years, I was like, it became clear you need to invite women into your life. And I just was like, fuck it. And I just went blitzkrieg and just started inviting a lot of women into my life. And new men came into my life too. And trans individuals also did. Um, but it was just opening the floodgates to the genders in my life that were not represented. Yeah. And I older, younger, child, romantic, not romantic, platonic, familial, I just like went for it. Yeah. And it was a little bit like of a gut feeling and a, a little bit supported by my mental, but not as clear as it is now. And I'll tell you that fucking worked, you mm. know. All of my female relationships were going into my romantic relationships and that caused a lot of tension um, in them. And now they are delegated, dis, you know, sep- separated. They're, what do you, what do you call it when things are like more spread out? You know, they're like, um, uh, mm. it's on the tip of my tongue, but oh, you, no. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
and it worked, man. And now I, I feel like I'm more complete and it's improved my life dramatically because not only because I learned from them all and then I can yeah. take those qualities on myself and I discover that, Oh, I'm like this, you know, that in, in whatever female yeah. relationship I'm in. Oh, I need to provide that for myself more. And I bring it into the home. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, that I was thinking about was the, the kind of energy we had with um, Kristen Hankey, like that it was playful. It was fun. We were, we were lo- laughing. We were joking. Like yeah. I, I think often about her, um, uh, her retelling of her own come up story of, you know, like yeah. came out of the church and, and, and really they were, it was like a strong ma- male figure in her life that kind of was her healing journey. And sometimes we need like um, unorthodox figures in our life who provide the thing that we've been lacking. And, and she, uh, as she talks about that partner she had in her life, like she's like, that was a turning point for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for right. say that again. Oh, it's good memory. That story. I remember being yeah. touched. Too. Yeah. 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 She's so suppressed. Right. And then she was with totally. sexually. Yeah. And then she was with a person who was older than her. Yeah. Not sexually repressed. She like fucking, you know, bloomed. yeah. Like, yeah, totally bloomed. And then, was, and then, but it didn't work out, you know, yeah. right. So then she's let, let, she was let, um, she was not let, but she like then moved on. She, she moved on. And I, and it sounded like she did so without any kind of resentment. Like she just was like, Hey, that would, that served its ran its course. It served its purpose. It was good in my life. Like, I don't, I don't I have a conscious separation from this and it, and it's not like, Oh, that was a bad thing. Or, you know, uh, she didn't have the, a lot of the, uh, stories. A lot of us carry around our exes, you know, where we're like, so I'm just on that note, do you, feel like because i know that was part of our conversation with morgan you know do you have you been developing like relationships with women more or what's that look like to you good question that's a really good question i have kind of but part of part of that is a little bit limited to um covid right like like just not as social but i have for sure have like been texting friends that i've had a long time Exactly. And, you can chat on Insta. There's ton, tons of way to connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've connected with old friends. Um, nice. Uh, and and a lot of them have like, you know, just as a little pat on your back, like they're like, they've said how much they like the podcast. And have so you, you ladies who have listened to this, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, and Huge. yeah. Uh, what were we about to say? I was just curious, have you found it a little awkward or challenging? Like, do you feel like you're doing something wrong? You know, like stuff like that. Um, that's a really good question. I don't think so. No, it's life-giving, man. It like feels great. It's like, it feels really fun. Like I, I, I've got one friend in particular, like we've, we've been trading, um, like playlists and music together. And like, that was something we connected with when we were young. And I was like, oh man, I love this part of me that like this part of me that still loves to discover certain kinds of music. And, and I know that this person has very similar tastes and, and it's like, it's like a way to reconnect to a part of my life that I have been like kind of pushing to the side for a long time or, or maybe just not recognizing. And, and that's been a real gift to have that kind of just banter and fun with this person. It's been great. And others, others, it's been, 
a way to be cheerleaders for one another and kind to one another and um been really nice really really nice um that's awesome and uh you know i just i'm a proponent of those uh relationships also being allowed to be flirty at times yeah uh, and you know when you have people who are in non-monogamous relationships it's like that spectrum of like at one end no contact with other people it's totally. a betrayal if you talk you know yeah. to a person who's of the gender that you are attracted to or one of the genders other other side of that spectrum if we're going to put it into a spectrum fucking it's all fine you can have a full-on love you can yeah. you can love nothing is off the table like it's just finding your place right yeah 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 exactly you gotta find your place and that's an interesting I think you're, um, <laughs> sorry, I just saw something that made me laugh. I'm <laughs> talking this conversation. I see this like freaked out dog. That's a, that is a, uh, a that's a, uh, that's a disturbed looking dog. <laughs> I think that's what people can feel like freaked out when they, when they start talking about something like this. And, um, I definitely have been freaked out with this kind of stuff in the past because the culture I came from was like, you, you do not, you get married and you like cut everybody off. I saw a post on Reddit about this the other day. That's like a lot of really healthy relationships do get cut off. Uh, when someone enters into a marriage or monogamous relationship or something like that, that is unnecessary. And, and that's a shame. And and yet, in the same token, there's probably a lot of folks who like were hanging around, hoping to for something more to happen, and never did for one reason or the other. But that's not my experience because I've just never participated in that, so I can't really speak to it too much more. But well, I commend you for yeah. being there because it seems like, especially with Morgan, your wife, who's so supportive of that and developing that in her own life, as I understand it, that that is probably best for you, you know? Whereas, like, I, I think it's important to say there are people in the world where it's totally authentic and aligned with who they really are. Oh, and 100%, yeah. just cut everybody off. Like, go for it. Yeah. But I would not say that or any other uh, expression of relating to the of sex, of the genders you're attracted to within a relationship is the way, you know? Totally. Well, I think what's important a thing that's important to remember about relationships, period, whether it is a a person with one friend or a person in a marriage, and that's all they got is, and we'll use marriage as an example, to hold a person in a relationship like a marriage, to, to have the pressure of them being so much to you, a best friend, a lover, a business partner, a confidant, a co-parent, uh, a co-household, you know, manager, uh, a cheerleader, like all the roles that we hope that they fill. That's a lot of shit for a person to, to try to do. Exactly. And it, anyone under that pressure is not going to succeed. It, it, it is bound to buckle at some point. I mean, depending on what your needs are, though, like that's my point, though, is I don't think anyone under that pressure would not succeed because maybe you're with a person who doesn't have those other aspects of their life, like developed or very needy. Right. Mm. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in that, but I feel like there are probably there probably have been relationships out there that have been totally happy or like 
totally successful and yeah. authentic where the woman was, you know, if it's a man and a woman, yeah. the woman was everything to the man and the man was everything to the woman, you know, in general, they were a lot to each other, didn't really outsource that to other people or needed to be another. And they were happy. Like, I imagine that exists. Okay. It's not my way. That's for <laughs> I, it, if it exists, uh, I've yet to see it. I've yet to see it, but maybe like in the, Caveman days. <laughs> you know who I, I keep thinking of in this discussion is Dave Leal because he talked about mm. he is a person who just got married to someone he is fucking he adores, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't get like a lot of feeling that they, you know, have a lot of need to like outsource, you know, the, mm. the things that make them happy. Maybe that's just because they're at a stage in their life. Maybe that's because I don't know them very well. But I was surprised. I say that to set this up. I was surprised that he said that he was so close with his exes, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was a great example of that. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. 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 Speaking of, I traded an ex, uh, a, um, a, an email, a nice cordial email with my ex wife last night. And oh. it was wonderful. It was just like, it was, I had to fill her in on some things that she and I still have some business, some ties to together. And, um, and I sent her a note cause it, it, I was, rem- I've like remembered I needed to, to re- tell her something about it. And she sent a little note back and it was like, man, all that such, it's just such a relief that there's just no beef anymore. There's no tension. There's no like, uh, pain or hurt or sorrow around it. And I, and it's so good. Like I was like delighted to see the email and I really like, feel deep in my deepest part of my heart, like hope and love for her and her family and, and her experience and like just a lot of affection, a tremendous amount of affection for her and her family. Yeah, that, that'd be a big deal for you, man. I know you've spoken quite a bit about how challenging that, that experience was and uh, I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to give us both a, a minus for being able to cover more. Did yeah. oh, wait, do you remember? And is we're missing one. Yeah. I do, and it's the longest podcast that we did. Also, was it? it I've checked. I've checked the times. And, okay, Leary was the longest one that, that we did. Oh, then we definitely get a B plus then because it's not even there's there's one more. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I thought you were looking at the list. How can you miss it? You didn't even know it was Tom. Wow, who is it? Yeah. Well, I've, ah, man. Well, Tom was the longest. And uh, why did we spend so much time with Tom? That felt like it went by so fast. You know, because he's so fun to talk to. He is a fun time. He is a fun guy. Like, that's like, that's a funny character. Like, you're like, I know a guy who was a soap opera actor who now owns a bar. Like, <laughs> he is a soap opera actor. He's still like, and what's funny is he's like, a, like, What's the total opposite of a, of a soap opera actor, like in your head in the actor, you know, pantheon? It would be like a core classical stage actor, right? Yeah. Which Tom is, you know, that's like his main thing. That's hilarious. But who else? We, hold on, man. Just give me one minute. Who we missed? Fine. Did you remember it or did you have to look? No, I saw it. Are you looking at the whole list and checking everybody off? Because you missed Tom. Yeah. I, well, I wasn't checking everybody off, but I was just like glancing over them and letting a memory pop back into my head. I don't want to miss anyone. Did you like peruse the entire list? Yeah. 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 Okay. So you ready for me to tell you? 
Well, let me first let me first talk about Tom O'Leary for a second because um, you know he's got O'Leary's Pub in um, Portland on um, what's the name of that street? Alberta. Alberta. Thank you. So I had a friend uh, who's got a house off Alberta call me up the other day and say, "Hey, I'm about to sell the house. Uh, you want first dibs on it?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" And I was so bummed because his the house was like a lot further from O'Leary's than I would hoped. I was hoping it was going to be like right there because I had this like fantasy in my mind of being like the one non-drinker guy who like hung out the bar all the time. Yes. <laughs> and uh, but it was like way off of the Alberta that I had expected, like from from uh, Tom's. And then we didn't like. It, like it just didn't work out. Like we weren't that crazy about the house and some other things were going on. I'm but. going to tell Tom that one of the factors in you potentially buying a house was the proximity to his pub and you Please. want to be a, a sober guy at the bar. Yeah, that's what I want. Is <laughs> the last person that we had that we're not remembering? I'm sensing that they might have been someone I brought to the table. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's lingering in there, man. Okay, I'm gonna give you a hint. You know him. You know him from your uh, artist community. You oh. met him. What is that place called? ADX Portland. ADX. Oh Portland. yeah. Ah, of course, man. Right on, Kenny. Yep, that's him. Yes. That's him, Kenny awesome. Hamlet. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. I, uh, you know, I've reached out to him a couple times just to say how much I appreciated uh, the thing. And I thought we would like communicate more, but I think that dude is busy, man. Cause he's like very short and just like, he's got, he's like, he seems like he's all business. Or <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't like me. I hope you don't not like me. So. <laughs> Maybe we offended him. We're sorry, Kenny. <laughs> dude, he's, he's, he's awesome, man. I, I had a conversation with him one night, uh, filmmaker, uh, photographer. Yeah. Um, model, um, and uh, he athlete. Uh, oh, he's a climber. He's a badass climber. That's right. He's a he's a he's a he's just a badass athlete. I mean, he's a big time snowboarder and and adventurer, and he's just in it, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. He was back in the days where we were really like cutting for sign. What got you here? And yeah. I remember him, him like we were talking a lot about his path. Yeah, along. Um, uh, his path of what got him here. That was like before we were doing introductions. And, yeah. Um, Probably one of those, like we would redo it, it, it like revisit it yeah. in a different way. Yeah. We yeah. should just redo the first 10 before we started doing introductions. For real. Do all yeah. those. That's the truth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man, this has been uh, a great thing. So let me, so let me ask you one last question before we, and, and you can, I'm going to give you one question, space for one question, me for one question. And, is, and what would you say is like, from this experience in particular has been the most profound change in your life for you. And maybe it's indirect, like maybe like there's a change that also correlate, that is also correlate correlates with this time, but not causal, you know, like maybe it wasn't because of this, but it's just happening at the same time of this. And it all kind of fits together. I would say breaking down, uh, you know, we were talking to one of our upcoming guests, Brandon. What's his last name? Uh, oh Jesus, um, Brandon. Why am I Perkins? Obviously, why did okay. I forget that? Brandon Perkins, um, upcoming guest. Yeah. yeah, we were talking to him today, and he was. We were talking about deconstruction in a mm-hmm. Christian sense, but then that term deconstruction applying to 
I like something outside of Christianity, just the yeah. inner structures that we have, right? Yeah. Um, which is a major value of mine and, and goal of mine and, and not goal, but it's a major thing that I like do. Um, and breaking those structures down around how to have romantic relationships mm. and, and, and my own like uh, inner gender, you know, mm. and like really that whole masculine feminine, you know, spectrum and, and, and taking on and owning and recognizing and embracing and welcoming and integrating feminine aspects of myself, mm. which I have noticed have healed or completed or supported uh, the masculine aspect of myself and things like those, t- you know, key words of like toxic masculinity, anything that I do or just abusiveness that comes from being too like, Ugh, you know, um, you know, that has not been because I'm like crippled masculine or it's because I haven't had my feminine aspects, you know, embraced and supported. And then that you, we talk about, you talk about masculine wholeness, you know, and I almost feel like masculine wholeness is like a term that doesn't make any sense. It uh-huh. does in another sense because masculine is not whole without the feminine and that can yep. all be That's in a right. dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And a yep. feminine is not without a masculine that can all be well tracy hunter talked about that she's like she's like listen i'm i'm very masculine you know i'm very goal-oriented i get shit done i'm like disciplined and she's like she had to embrace her feminine so i would say how that how those two things play out in a in a romantic relationship is like by far the most significant thing i've been experiencing during this Mm. three months and also not only parallel to but also through our discussions mm, mm, mm. that's good man that's really good that, right? we talked about it. oh yeah yeah i was gonna say like you're to to see you it seems like this since we've started this maybe it's because i've just and i get to speak to you more frequently than we have over the, our decade of friendship whereas before it would like i don't get to see you very often and man you but also you just are thriving man i mean like I, it's obvious you're thriving and and the the last four months watching that man, it's, it's in one sense, it's like, oh my god, it's only been four months. I know, man. It feels like a fucking lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> in another sense, like like whereas the progress you and I have been seeking for integration, wholeness, healing, yeah. any 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 one of those terms has felt kind of glacial. Like now it's like, it's just really like stacking on top of each other. I've seen the same thing in you during the same time period. It's one of the most special singular experiences I've ever, because I not only am I experiencing myself, which selfishly is just like a dream come true. You know, it's like, Oh my God, I'm growing up, you know? Yeah. Finally. (laughs) Um, And, and to do it alongside someone is like just unexpected and totally welcome. And, the metaphor that I use all the time is that that bamboo plant that you have to water for five years mm. and you're just watering it, the ground, and it doesn't grow. There's nothing visible and you just keep watering it. And there's this old parable that says that people who would watch this person watering the ground would think they were crazy, you know? Mm. Mm. And then all of a sudden, and in real life, this is what happens with this particular species of bamboo it'll grow 80 feet in like, I don't know, less than a couple months. Mm. And it all happens like right wow. away. I definitely feel in that, in that 
place. And yeah. there can be growing pains and there it can be disorienting for sure. Like my problems are not gone. I've seen that with you too, but like I think right. we're in that phase. We've been yeah. watering the ground. People think we're crazy. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> that's not really maybe. Now, maybe we are. Maybe we aren't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, anyways, I, I appreciate that question, and I love to throw it back at you. Mm, mm, answering my own question, um, the, I have been solidly for this last year, and, I, and I'm really gonna say one year i think i think when i've referenced this in the past i've somehow stretched out to be longer you know kind of like the story of a guy going like i once got a, a fish this big and his hands are six inches apart and after 10 years of selling the story like his hands are like as wide as his his body could get them apart but like it's it, it hit me the other day that like it's been a solid year because i started it at easter no i started it at um right at the beginning of lent and uh which okay. is february right when lint starts and and that was the time in my life where i decided to be really kind to myself uh where i decided to really like treat myself that's right with an inner kindness that um that ha- i had to practice a lot like really really practice over and over and over again through a variety of measures and and this year as i've come up on that year long mark um it only has more impact. It only has more return. It only gets better. It's like, it's just gotten better and better. And I got to say like this, this pod podcast doing together has just been an extension of that experience for me. This has been a way that I have brought more kindness to myself more because I'm a natural curious person. I want to talk to people. I want to hear their stories. I want to converse with them. I want to explore the inner workings of our mind together. I want to like hear like, well, what worked for you? And can I, can I apply that to myself? And here's something that worked for me. And it just like, I nerd out on this shit. And it's so, it's like been this crazy gift. All of a sudden we have this like club that we've created. And every time we find a new member, we're like, hell yeah, like, come on in. And yeah. And there are, there are new friend. They're the part that they're sharing their wisdom. We're sharing what we've learned. And uh, so number 25, man, this has been badass. I can't wait to celebrate um, 50, 75, 100, you know, by the end of this year. And, and I, you, you and I were talking on the phone earlier today. And um, I'm in no hurry with this. Like, the, I'm, a, I'm in this for the long haul. And so while 100 is going to be rad, who knows? what it's going to be. In the Everybody should do this. One of the funniest things that happened during this, I have a couple of things. First of all, first of all, I just need to synopsize what you said. So you said that the main thing that's been paralleling uh, this and coming up through has been kindness to yourself yep. and treating yourself well. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fucking awesome, man. Um, I remember when that, when you kind of, I feel like you kind of hit that right before we started. And I remember, you know, uh, you, so you've talked about that for a long time, but it's like it finally integrated. You know, the bamboo started to grow. Yeah. Um, it, t- but I, it took me I, a long time to fucking practice it. Like to actually yeah. like, I knew it. And like, then like the, the cruelty, the inner cruelty would come out. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, wait a yeah. second, pal. Like we get to be nice to each other right now. <laughs> nice. It yeah. can be so sneaky. And there's so many ways to yeah. do that. And so many ways we neglect it too. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, I wanted to say that uh, uh, I definitely 
one of the funniest part things that happened in this was when we were starting this up through Anchor FM. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was just something like the uh, other podcasters say, they'll be like, everyone should start a podcast, you know, yeah. like if you want yeah. to do it. And I, I really agree with that because it's therapeutic, you know, yeah. and it's really a creative process. And it's something that if you have a lot of valuable conversations or conversations you think are valuable, start a podcast, like yeah. get them out into the world for posterity, you know? And I, the main thing I fight with that is, well, there's so much content, you know, fuck, I don't want to totally. add to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's like, there's also a huge pile of people, you know, and those people are all billions as it turns out. <laughs> you know, they have different languages and different hit things hit them differently. And yeah. I mean, metaphorical languages. And so I think it's valuable. It's, it, it might be just totally um, therapeutic and just for you. Um, it might be for others. You might be surprised. But it's been hugely uh, helpful for my mental health. So what happened was really early on, you were telling me how to get how I, I had a friend who, who had heard that I was going to be co-hosting a yeah, podcast. I remember that. And yeah. his daughter, Jason, his daughter Sorrel, oh yeah, was like she she asked her dad to ask me to ask you how to start a podcast and where to go. Yeah. And like you got right back to me and she was like starting a podcast within a half hour, man. Uh, and it was about some little thing, like not Pokemon, but some little thing they were into. And I was like, you guys are badass, Dude. Uh, that's awesome. I, uh, I wish we could, uh, name that podcast and give them a shout out. And I, yeah, I'll, 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 uh, uh, I'll have to get that. Ask, ask, uh, ask dad for permission and, and see if uh, we can do that. Dude, I got one more thing for you. Okay. It's not a B plus. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Don't look oh, no. at it. Don't oh, look. no. Oh, shit. Don't look. We missed one more person? This is going to hurt you, too. Yeah. Are you talking about our first episode where we, you and I spoke it's together? Not a, no, I'm not good. That was, it was not a trick question. But it's a guest we missed. Oh, big time. And you're going to be, you're going to feel like a jerk. I mean, I love you and you don't need to feel like a jerk, but I just know you. Oh boy. I'm already feeling like I owe somebody an apology. You do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm so glad you caught him. I would say as far as podcast follow-ups, this person followed up the like most meaningfully and strongly. And it was like very kind and special. Oh, at least with me. Oh no. Um, Oh gosh, this is the pressure is extra on. Is this someone I brought? It totally. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> give me a hint. Give me, give me some crap. Uh, a hint. He <laughs> creates something. He creates an actual like physical product. Oh, Rick Medeiros. Damn it. <laughs> I, it, I he was on my mind earlier too. He was on my mind. Uh, the tough. Oh shit, Rick. I'm sorry. Uh, Rick is. Uh, he's a cool dude, man. We've been hanging out since the podcast, and he's uh, he's a cool dad, and he's like, what do you remember and, about his? Well, dude, his story of, I mean, his like come up story of like tearing the uh the artist the the artist wanted help wanted poster for the um guy restoring that church in um uh whatever that. Right, he was offered a job by that. Like he took a chance from being. How was that in California, California, Central California, somewhere? 
Yeah. And then he, he got a job. He was offered a job like yeah. doing a mural with the guy. And then, but he realized this is what I like about that choice. If I'm getting it right. Yeah. And he's offered like, what would be a very interesting creative job, but yeah. instead of taking it, he realized, Whoa, I need to take art seriously. And he just like went to art school. Yeah. Design school or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He went to art school and his parents were like, okay, we're going to, we, we got you. Cause he yeah. dropped out of school. Yeah. Cal Poly. And, um, what school is that? What town is that in? San Luis Obispo. That's it. Um, yeah. And, and then he went on and worked for Adidas and Nike and, and started his own knife company. I'm, I'm going to wear his damn hat all the damn time. Like people ask me about it all the time. Every time they see the hat, someone's asking me about that knife company and he's got his new knife coming out soon, which I'm stoked he, about. He sent me, uh, like un uh, like I didn't ask him to, and just as a thanks, he sent me a, in an envelope a bunch of stickers from his business. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's nice. And the little letter that said thanks was like very kind. He said like yeah. a very kind compliment. And I noticed the letter, the envelope was really beat up. It looked like shit. You know, it looked like it come from like halfway around the world. And then I told you about it and you'd known about it. And he sent me one of his knives or one of his tools yeah. that he used and it, it had fallen out or it got. Oh, that sucks, dude. Oh, man. I know. I know. Well, I, I mean, I think you and I owe each and every one of these guests, like a handwritten note of thanks. Cause they, they gave us a lot and, uh, uh, and they continue to give a lot by having their recording out there to the world. and and. If you've not listened to some of those guests we've talked about and they're resonating with you, like go listen to them. Rick, I love you. Thanks for uh, letting me forget you. <laughs> the last one. <laughs> hey, you get the spotlight at the end. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I think, did we hit everybody? I'm going to look now. Look right now. Okay. Matt, we did. I was starting to want to hit people we've had intro conversations with. I was like, man, we got this person coming up and they were already meaningful to me. I know, I know. And I'm already looking forward to who's coming up already. And, and oh, we've got a bunch of awesome guests on like down it's, the pike. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just, we're, I think we're, you and I are kind of hitting our stride. And I think, I know at different points, we're going to have these like aha moments of like how to make it even better. Yeah. Um, but this is a call to action to people who are listening. Like if there's a guest that you would love us to interview or you are that person that you'd like to be, have a conversation with, it is up. Because that's the thing, man. People are listening. That's what surprised me because I kind of go into the thing of like, oh, this is just for us and it's so fulfilling. And then you get contact and you look at the view numbers and you're just like, wow, man, we're doing something that people value and people I really respect and people I don't know, people you don't know. And yeah. And, you yeah. know, starting to ask you to be, you know, to hire you as someone who's helping them, yeah. guide them and coach them in yeah. their life. And I was like, this is special. I feel so grateful for it, Ron. It's changing my life. It's really great. And also everybody who's listening, like, uh, thank you for listening and thank you for subscribing and thank you for passing this on and sharing episodes and all the things that you've done and reaching out. And, um, it's amazing that, um, some of you we've known and some of you we've never met and that you're a stranger and you've found us and you've stayed with us. So thank you. Thank you so much that you're doing that with us. This is amazing. What a gift. All right, man. Okay. Man, grace and peace, everybody. <laughs> awesome. Till next time. Love you, my dude.